You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. You're listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. And this week uh, for episode 25, uh, we have a great guest, uh, Lizzie Falcon, uh, who is an artist, um, a painter. Uh, she does uh, sculpture and uh, short animation, and uh, uh, really excited to have Lizzie on the show. And uh, Lizzie, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a real it's a real pleasure. Um, we we start off the show and just really like to launch into things uh, as far as your you know your origin story, your background story. So, uh, what were you like as as a young human? Were you always an artist, or what was your personality like? Um, as a young human, um, I was the youngest of four kids, all older brothers. So I was really really quiet, um, and I think that kind of stuck with me through most of my childhood and I love to be creative so that's always how I expressed myself and um, I just drew a lot but I didn't talk a lot so I kind of think that even now um, I kind of speak through my art Um, I think it was just kind of a learned thing Um, as I got older I learned how to you know speak up more and so forth but as a kid um, I like baseball and playing with the boys and being quiet or you'd get beat up <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's four, how I as, a, as a young kid so four four, four brothers for older for, brothers three three older brothers and then all boy cousins so surrounded by older um boys uh that 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 in and so do do you think that had an impact? I mean, I could hear some impacts. I thought you know, just as far as your you know what your place can be within that whole hierarchy. But um, did you find uh, that there was any aspect of what you did to you know to be able to spend time with everybody that was around you that were boys? Did that really impact you know what you did? Um, as far as art or just overall? Overall. Um. Yeah, like I said, I I remember just being really quiet. I wasn't an outspoken child. I was always just shy. And I remember just loving to draw. And I'd show people my artwork. I was never afraid of that. But also, I was never encouraged to do artwork. So it wasn't important. And I, I guess until I got a little bit older and learned how to, you know, like, play with the boys or like the boys um then I started to kind of stand up for myself and so forth but um but later on I became the queen of the house so you know that all worked out really well (laughs) (laughs) I learned I learned how to adapt and overcome that's for sure adapt there's there's a lot of human behavior that is adaption (laughs) adaptation and uh over overcoming so uh tell me about uh so let's let's go into art tell me about uh, the art that you like to enjoy looking at or consuming, um, but also the forms of art that attract you as a creator, what, what, where you feel most at home in uh, as far as the forms or styles of art. Now, I love, my favorite um, genre is surrealism. I just love anything that is outside of the box. I appreciate um, like realism and things like that because it's not something that I can do. But what I most, what really speaks to my soul is surreal art. And little by little, I've been inching my way um, towards that genre more and more in my artwork. Some people would consider my art, especially back when I started, like more like dark art. Um, And I think it's just kind of lightened up with, with the years. And I think it's because I've been able to express myself and tell my stories through art and somehow that's healed me and whatever traumas that we grow up with um so i noticed that my art is continually changing not just in in the technical standpoint because i'm always trying to improve but just in what i express and how i express it but definitely surrealism is by far 
um, my favorite genre and that's what I lean towards. And like in film, I love like those, um, uh, indie films. So I'm not real big into the box office type movies. I'd rather just find some little dark film, uh, you know, on Netflix or something or online. And, uh, that's my, my favorite. Um, I don't know if, if shorts TV exists anymore or not anymore, but I like short films, um, short animated films. Um, so comedy and things like that, they're, they're all cool. And that type of thing I, I, I enjoy, but as far as it, the artistic, um, and I, I like, uh, like the, the real dark, films and dark art and surrealism that's that's what i gravitate towards yeah and i you know i um i thought about this question a little bit more um in in looking at your your animation um and your paintings and uh some of your other art and i i mentioned it to you you know just before this interview but just that that there's a, a world that you've created there. That there's a, a feel to it, and it 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 captures the imagination of 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 the viewer, and it, and kind of draws. Um, I, I think it, it draws me in uh, to that to that particular world. Now, I find I found it difficult to kind of describe what the art was, and I think that um, I'm not sure if you embraced. The term, you know, sometimes referred to as lowbrow or lowbrow surreal, or you know, the I know you've been in exhibitions where we're just referring to the eyes of the the women you paint, you know, big eyes. These are all kind of like like throwing, you know, kind of like darts at trying to describe something. Do you believe Do you believe that any of those descriptions start to point at, you know, categorically what you're trying to do? Yes and no. Um, I don't, I don't like to, I guess whenever I, I have a really hard time, whenever somebody asks me, you know, what type of art do you do? It, it's just, especially in the area where I live and folk art is, um, really, um, it's really saturated with folk art here. Um, and growing up in Miami, there was a lot of, um, like contemporary art. So I never quite know how to describe it. And I'm always like, well, it's kind of weird, you know, and, and I said to myself a couple of years ago, you have to stop saying that and presenting your art as weird. And so what I've started saying is that I just tell stories through art and I paint in a surreal, you know, surrealism, although it's not a hundred percent like surrealism, um, like some of the surreal artists that I um, admire, I, I guess, because I'm not at their, level of surrealism like they really think outside of the box and as an artist I'm developing that um it doesn't come a hundred percent naturally to me like I wish sometimes that I could just paint I see some drawings and paintings that are real scratchy and just all kind of stuff and and paint thrown all around and and I go to do that I even did a a collection that was called imperfection and I went into it thinking I'm going to do some splatters and and kind of messy stuff because I had just come back from Art Basel and I was really inspired by some of the art there and boy I just could not do it so I really believe that you don't choose what you draw or what you paint or what you create if you're creating from the soul um, and so sometimes I I fight with myself and I want to do something else but it just certain things beg to be created and even with my last collection that I did, that was for my first international solo show, I was halfway through the collection painting it. And I looked around and I was like, why in the hell am I, what, what am I painting? Why am I painting these sure, things? Sure. Um, so, um, so I'd say surrealism and lowbrow art. A lot of people take offense to lowbrow art, but there was a big lowbrow art movement in the 60s and 70s. And part of it was the big eye art that Margaret Keene introduced um, to the world. And then there were some other big eye artists as well. And that was considered lowbrow art. But the art world has changed so much. And I'm sure that there are some old-fashioned uh, curators and galleries that would not agree with me. 
But internet has changed so much. And so some lowbrow artists have gotten so much more popular than some traditional, what you would consider like a traditional artist or somebody that was traditionally trained. Um, and that's another thing why I don't take offense to it. I think lowbrow is fine. And even some people have, um, at the beginning especially, would kind of uh, tell me that my artwork was more like illustration rather than actual art. Um, and, and the first time somebody said that to me, I was a little offended, but then I realized that both Norman Rockwell and Walt Disney were considered illustrators. And yet they're two of the artists that I admire. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, well, if you want to consider me an illustrator, that's cool, but I'm going to continue doing whatever it is I want to do. And, um, I don't think there's a specific name for it, but it's definitely not traditional. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I think part of it is, you know, as far as when we do an inquiry, what I'm trying to do with the podcast and looking at art and talking about it, you know, there's, I, I think right off the bat, there can be, it, it can just be uh, difficult, particularly if uh, artists or, or viewers of art respond to things as far as with their emotions, right? So then then you're trying to grapple with, okay, how does this make me feel? What are the words there? And it can be difficult to talk about. I think that's part of the challenge, um, you know, when we try to categorize or talk about art. It can be useful, but I think we're always tripping a little bit as we try to right. do it. Right, so. yeah, as we're trying to define it. I think whenever we try to define any one thing in particular, we, you know, you kind of mess it up a little bit. It's like, so it. that's why, you know, that's why I love tags, like on Instagram. It's like, I can... I can reach people that like, you know, emo art, dark art, but yet it, it's not, especially lately, not that dark. And I can put surrealism, pop surrealism. And so because of that, I don't really have um, a definition for what it is, but I know where I want it to go and where it's going is more towards the surreal. Um, so hopefully one day I'll be able to say, you know, I'm a surrealist artist or Uh, artist that does surreal you know surrealism so I feel like I'm just now like sticking my my toes in the pool of surreal art uh, more than ever before and so um and and I like your description of that um it's it's kind of evolving or trying to figure out you know where you're going with that and I think I, I think I get what you're you're pointing at um so uh how about this question um I like to ask artists why they create. Well, Lizzie, why why do you create art? Um, because if I didn't, I would be um, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I feel I feel like I would go insane if I didn't create. Now that I've started, and you know, it's a I'm constantly creating, whether it's for a show or for myself. Um, I I'm at the point where I don't even watch television because for me. Unless it's a, it's a film that I know is going to be worth my time or um, something to decompress because my, I have so much going on in my head. But typically, I would rather just create something and it just goes, it just grows. It's like this monster that once you start creating, um, you know, your imagination keeps getting fueled. And there are times where just listening to a song like one word or a verse will will just be enough inspiration to create an entire art piece, um, a conversation with a friend, a thought. So it, it, it kind of just grows and grows. And if I didn't express that, I really don't know if I would be well, because when I used to work, when I used to have a desk job for 20 years, cause I wanted to be an artist as a kid. Of course, like I said earlier, I was never encouraged in the arts. So um, I got a desk job. Actually, what I was going to do was go to Disney. I had a portfolio and I was going to go to Disney and be like, look at what I can do. I'm so good. You need to hire me based on my enthusiasm. And so, (laughs) of course, I was like 19, you know, like just, uh, yeah. Um, And so Hurricane Andrew came around and destroyed my uh, portfolio and I got a job with the state. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll build it back up. Well, I got a job with us with the state 20 years later. Um, I didn't draw a damn thing. So when I finally retired early from the state, um, I thought, let me start drawing. I always wanted to be an artist. I'll just do it kind of like a, as a hobby, just 
to do something. And it just um, went from hobby to something that I had to do that I was continuously doing. And then I, I felt that the desire to share it with people, even though I was kind of embarrassed about it, like I wasn't sure, like some of it was really creepy at first. Um, and I was just kind of experimenting and I had no idea what I was doing. Not that I have any idea what I'm doing now, but, um, I've got a little more experience. Uh, where was I going with this, Ken? Well, how long, no, but how long, (laughs) no, let me jump in though. How long was that? How long was the period? I mean, I mean, it just mentioned a matter of factly, you lost what you, you, you had created and then there was this long period where you weren't, what, what, what's the timeline for like you not creating in how long 20 20 years 20 years and then how many years ago did you you say okay i still have this in me i'm gonna pick this back up when when was that 2010 oh wow yeah and i started just like i drew like a hello kitty and i was like oh oh my god i can't even draw like i lost my muscle memory i had no inspiration at all and um and yeah, I was really frustrated, but I knew I wanted to do something. Now, I did do, I did have during those 20 years, I did have creative projects that I guess were an outlet for my creativity. Like for a few years, I did, um, I decorated cakes. I learned how to do those big, you know, like topsy turvy cakes and make them oh, wow. real pretty and elaborate. Um, and so what I found out was that I hated baking, I just liked decorating the cakes. Sure, and sure. I was like, I don't want to do all that other crap just to be able to make something pretty. So when I was able to, I just um, I just bought a couple canvases. And I remember in eighth grade, I always took art classes whenever I could. And I was always encouraged by my art teachers to, to follow some type of art career. And I always shot it down because my parents never encouraged it. So, you know, you kind of learn it's not important. And so you don't give it its importance. And I kind of just started to focus on it when I started to draw after the 20 years and retired or semi-retired and just started like doodling again. And I don't know why I went into sculpture at the time. Oh, it was because I had a bunch of cake stuff. I had learned how to make like sugar flowers and little like bears and characters out of fondant and, and sugar. So I had all of those things and I thought, well, let me, I don't want to do the cake thing. That's for sure. So I went and bought some polymer clay and that's when I started creating a, a, my first collection of sculptures. I didn't know what I was doing. I just went on YouTube and kind of learned how to make an armature and what you do with polymer clay. Like everything else I've done with art, even animation, I just kind of figure it out on my own and try to teach myself through the university of youtube (laughs) yeah well on that on that i was i was really interested in you know you described yourself as uh self-taught and i i i i've been thinking about this question you know uh for me my background isn't uh in in art both you know not having it's all it's all self-taught both the history of it and any aspect of technique and I, I find that to be of two worlds personally. First of all, um, there's no context, and that's good. And second of all, there's no context, and that's bad. Because <laughs> like, what am, where, where am I going? What am I doing? What are the steps when I'm, when I'm done? Has that process for you, as far as developing it on your own, been? what's that process been like for you? I mean, is it extremely frustrating, liberating, both? How's it's, it been? Been, it's definitely been both. It's It was frustrating at first, um, like when you pick up paint and you start putting it on the canvas and it doesn't move or do the things that you want it to do. You know, so I think when I decided that I wanted to paint, I think one of my first, you know, searches was how to paint with acrylic um, and then how to blend with acrylic and, I just pretty much everything from the actual, like how to paint. I didn't even know you had to prep a canvas. Um, So it was pretty much just kind of, I didn't have anybody to ask. I just kind of did it, went on YouTube, figured some things out. And yeah, it was kind of frustrating, but I love to learn. And um, especially if it's something that I'm interested in. So 
clarification. I love to learn things I'm interested in because if yeah. you teach yeah. me something I don't care about, like science. Although now I always wish I paid attention in science, but at the time I didn't care. Um, so yeah, I absorb things really quickly if I'm really interested. And so it was kind of like, I was just like this sponge that needed all of this information. And as soon as things started to click and make sense, and of course that took, you know, a few years, um, then I started to get excited. I was like, all right, this is kind of looking like what I want it to look like. Uh, and somebody asked me once, like something about if, how, if I'm happy with where I was at in art. And my answer is still the same, you know, 10 or nine years later than it was, you know, a couple years after starting. And it's, I'm never happy with my artwork. I, cause I always want it to be better than what it is. And so I'll finish a collection and I'll love it. But, um, I hope that in a year or two, I look at it and I'm like, all right, I don't like that anymore because it, you know, I'm, I'm at a different level and I'm also expressing different things. So with the learning process, I've actually enjoyed it. And so when I, I had a mentor for a little while, his name is uh, Jesse Clay. He, he's a retired Disney artist. It was great that I met him because I heard so many stories about things that I wish I would have experienced. So I kind of lived them vicariously through him. Um, but I remember him telling me that I broke all the rules in art. He says, but that's what makes your art so special. It, you, by you breaking the rules, you're essentially doing something really, really original. And somehow you make it work. And um, that for me was a great compliment. And the, I think one of the first people to buy an art piece of mine, I think I sold, it was like a 16 by 20 and I sold it for like $80 and I was even embarrassed to ask for that much. She was, she had an art degree. And so that was a big um, confidence booster. And she loved the fact that I hadn't been to school and I wasn't classically trained. And I was just kind of, you know, doing some hit and miss type thing. So yeah, it, over, it, overall, I'd have to say both because it is frustrating. But at the same time, when you do figure things out and you're figuring them out by on your own, and it finally clicks, it, it's such an amazing feeling. And then you just want to keep going and it becomes this monster, just like uh, creativity. Yeah. And I, 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 I picked up on, on, you know, there's that, that dynamic, right? I mean, it sounds to me that for you, you're like, you want it to the piece to be its best. You want it you know, is it done? And, and that could be so frustrating. Frustrating. I, as a matter of fact, for me, when I started painting, um, I found that the urge, you know, of of reacting, I guess, negatively against pieces that I made to be like, I it surprised me because I'm like, well, why why is all this? You know, I just wanted it to be just kind of this even copacetic type of process for me, and it wasn't, and it and it couldn't be. Um, so no, it can be very frustrating, <laughs> ex extremely and, and, yeah. and, 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 provo and provoking. So I definitely, um, I definitely connect with that. And I also, I'd imagine for, in just sharing this with you, both of us, not, you know, having that formal training, I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of surprises, uh, along the way, because I think other folks maybe have a little bit more in mind of what to expect or how to encounter things. And, uh, so I know it can be, Oh uh, yeah. It can be a, it quite when, the process. Yeah. When you go in blind, it's you, you it's going to be frustrating, but it's kind of like walking in blind somewhere. Once you figure it out, it's like, okay, I've got this figured out. And, um, and like I said, because I like to continuously, grow and learn more it's not like because I love for example the last collection I did I love it it's the first time I think I've done an entire collection where I actually love every piece um and I'm not like well that one and 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 it's not that I want to put my artwork down I'm really proud of what I do and I'm glad that I'm able to create it from absolutely nothing um and by nothing, I don't really mean nothing. We can get into that later. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> but but I am proud of the pieces that I do. But I feel like as long as I'm always very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, self, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Can maybe help self-assured. Me. No, not self-assured. Where, where self-critical. Oh, Being like self. Yeah. Like self, self, like deprecating comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it kind of keeps me always wanting to do better. And when people mention to me, "Wow, this collection is is so much better than like your pieces from years before," it doesn't mean that my pieces from years before people aren't enjoying them, um, and so forth. It's just for me, I'm like I've moved on, and I need to do something better and greater the next time. So whenever I stare at that next blank canvas i'm like oh god how do i outdo myself next time you know and so i'm always looking to do something bigger and greater more impactful and what i've been doing is i noticed that when i first started my my pieces were more basic and now they're getting a little more um like they're they're just evolving they're they've got more elements in them i'm playing i'm being more brave i'm being uh, a little more brave about what the subject matter is and the story that i want to tell where before i was just doing something to do it um to the point where like i don't even i try not to do like any fan art or anything like that i just want everything to be completely original um content and just based on my experience, my life, my views on my experience here on earth and what I, and whether it's a conversation with someone or music, like I said before, um, once I get that inspiration, that's what I want to put on a canvas. And I hope that when I create that, somebody else will connect with it. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about the, the canvas. I wonder if you could help me with this, uh, question, which is always a, a challenge for more of the visual, um, artists that I interview. Um, I've mentioned before that, you know, if I have a musician on, we could play a track and you can hear the art, right? And of course, we're talking about, you know, the visual arts that you create, uh, your painting and animation. But I-, I was just wondering if you could, if you could just try to describe if somebody were to look at a painting um, that you're, that, that you're working on uh, now, wh- what is it, what is it that they're likely to see uh, in that painting as far as like the objects in the world that you're creating? Well, I'm currently um, getting ready for my first show at the Lotus Gallery. And it's the piece that I'm working on. I've asked all the artists to put lotuses, if they can, into their paintings. And so um, in this particular painting, there are there's a lotus crown. Um, lately, buildings and structures have been making their way into my paintings, as well as as like checkerboard pieces and a lot of angles. Um, also, storms. There's a storm in this painting, and those have been making a, an appearance of, in my paintings recently as well. I think like in the last few collections I've had a couple of tornadoes in the background and just like dark skies and these are things that just kind of come to me and they seem to to trend in in my paintings for a while um in addition clocks um a UFO it's very surreal and just kind of out of the box and of course my my girl with with the big eye so um that's what I'm working on and I'll be revealing uh the painting at the first show at the Lotus Gallery um, on May 2nd. And until then, I'm just going to put sneak peeks, but that's what people will see is there's a UFO in the background and just random stuff, uh, checkerboards and a Lotus in there somewhere. So yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. Thank you. That's great. Well, in, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, tell us about, tell us about, prominent in your work big guys tell us about margaret Keene in in just that just those images well i had margaret Keene's artwork on my wall as a kid and um i remember because at that time i lived in california and i mean we were at redwood city so i was somewhere around four or five years old and i remember asking my dad every night before i went to bed because the paintings or the images were right next to my bed I asked him why are these kids so sad and every night I would ask him why are they so sad and the only thing he ever answered was he didn't know but he would tell me a little bit about the the actual artist 
and it stuck with me because there were two things that he said. He knew that she was a Jehovah's Witness and he knew that she was from California. But he that's all he ever told me. And I didn't know that her that it was Margaret Keene. It wasn't until years later when I first started drawing and painting and had, you know, this girl with a big eye, somebody mentioned to me that um my artwork reminded them of some big-eyed paintings from back in the 60s. And I did some Googling, found out it was Margaret Keene. And so the only thing that I remember made a huge impact on me were was the emotion in those paintings. And so when I started to paint, I thought, I want to create art that has so much emotion, it makes people ask questions. So it's not just a a piece of artwork that you put in your living room and it's pretty it also hopefully carries emotion and is a conversation starter so margaret Keene and her uh kids with big sad eyes was a huge influence on me and i didn't even really know it until i started painting so um so yeah that's how the whole big eye thing came about and then um I reached out to an artist when I was c- kind of developing my webpage and stuff. Uh, his name is, um, he goes by Sugar Fueled. And I just kind of reached out to him because in his bio he had on there that he liked Disney and he liked Margaret Keene and so on. And then I found out that there's this whole um, group of artists out there in this world that do big eyes. I, of course, just do the one big eye and you know, mine's a little bit different because I just expose one of the eyes and the girls are gray tone. So all of the big eye artists have their own unique style, but Margaret Keene was the mother of big eyes. And so here I am following, um, not in her footsteps cause they're, they're way too big for me to follow in, but definitely in that genre, I'm kind of proud to be doing big eyed art and to be part of that artistic community, um, online and around the world really. I get this um, question, and, and I we you've you've hinted at the answer to it um, uh, earlier uh, in in the interview, but it has to do with the role of art um, in 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 your life. And the question is, uh, does does art help you live your life? Does it does it help you live? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there, without a doubt, art helps me live. First of all, it, it pays some bills. And second of all, it, it's such an amazing expression that I'm able to just get out. I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to express everything that I do or want to or want to express. A lot of times I don't even I, I don't even bother having conversations with certain people about things. I just would rather paint them. And even if no one ever asks what it's about and I never get a chance to say, I made this because this is how I was feeling that this day or that day, I got that out. It's out there in the world. It's on a canvas and I feel great. Um, so, so yeah, I, it definitely helps me. And like I said, I feel that when you create from the soul and you're really authentic, um, it also just kind of leads you to the right places and people. So, yes, it, it helps me live for sure. And it gives um, me something to look forward to. Like I'm always looking for inspiration. So that in itself, sometimes I've said yes to things, uh, to experiences. I'd rather stay home and do this. But you know what? I'm going to go and do that because you just never know what might spark some creativity. So I notice that just in my life in general, I take maybe more chances or do more things just so that I am able to fill my little, you know, jar of uh, inspiration and experiences. So it has helped me tremendously in so many ways. I wanted to ask a question about, um, about, about uh, Disney, Walt Disney. And I, I saw in your, um, your description, and you mentioned it earlier, um, I was really intrigued, um, you know, by that influence, uh, obviously a, huge monumental uh figure worldwide as far as you know art animation illustration i i think people interact with disney in like such different ways and i'd say for me 
I'd never been until I was in my forties. I'd never been to to Disneyland, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit of a crank, and you know, I'm just, you know, the happiest place in the world. I wasn't quite sure what to do with it <laughs> at first, but I got to tell if you, you go in the summer. It's not that happy. I, I did go in the summer, but I, um, so here's here's my thing with it, and I opened up, and for me, it was super super simple. When I was there, I, I was immediately having a ton of fun and my eyes were full because it was so colorful. Like I love like the parade and the color and like all of this, it all seems so vibrant and, and, and active. Now here's, I'm piecing it back to, to you. Here's the question. I, there are some, you know, dark motifs. I don't know what we need to call them in your, in your work. Do you approach Walt Disney and that influence on the level, or is there any kind of subversive twist uh, in your mind when you interact with, say, Disney? If you th- if you think Disney and you think happy thoughts, you have um, consumed the Disney juice. <laughs> um, but Disney's got a lot of dark stuff, man. If you if you look at some of the things that they've done, even even for example, um, which is the Fantasia. If you look at Fantasia, that animation, I mean, it's got the big devil guy. It's got all kind of things. They they always love to pose the uh, you know good and bad. You know, in Snow White, you've got the witch. You've got a real sinister villain there. They always they're really good with villains too. So yeah, yeah. Disney Disney itself like you go to Disney World, of course, they're you, you know, they want the consumer to be happy and have this euphoric feeling as soon as you pass those gates, which hey, I do. That for me is the happiest place besides my studio. Is the happiest place on <laughs> earth. I go to Di- if you I will I will drop anything and run and go to Disney. However, that's the happiness of Disney and and that's Disney World or Disneyland or whatever. But when you look at the work of um, Disney, of what they've done as far as, you know, films go, they they mix a lot of dark and light. And I like that. I I like to think that I do that in my artwork. I love the juxtaposition of something sweet and something not so sweet. And I think that's what my, the girls that I paint kind of have in them. They're, they're kind of sweet and kind of not, you know, they've got this gray tone skin and maybe a little pouty or whatever. And the subject matter isn't always all, you know, sweet, but I like to think that I kind of reach a happy medium with pretty, with something a little deeper and usually when you go deeper that's where you find the darkness because uh, everybody you're like hi how are you oh I'm fine nobody ever is like man this sucks well maybe a Debbie <laughs> Downer but you don't you don't get to the what I'm saying is you don't get to the heart of someone their soul with with the with the surface level and so with Disney the surface level is super happy but if you keep digging you'll see there's some there's some stuff that has been created by them I totally appreciate it um and and love it and that I think is why I I like Disney so much it's because they've been able to do that and still have you know this persona of happiness and jolliness uh but like I said just Fantasia check out that film that is dark <laughs> i think yeah i i and i appreciate i tell you i um that's part of the reason you know in doing the podcast and asking questions um because i i learn a lot too and just just in your answer there yeah there was a lot i re- i i remember in in build in uh into that disney in in the, the way that you see is really really helpful to kind of like combine these components it's not either this or that it's it's these elements right of i don't know like the you know the dark and and the exactly. light exactly yeah yeah it's the, it's the it's the elements and i think that once that you throw all of that in there it's what makes it so here's what i got for you now uh lizzie uh big question uh that you told me you had the answer for is why is there <laughs> something rather than nothing 
I don't claim to have the answer. Darn I it. Claim, I claim to have a theory, my own right. theory. That, Let's go with your theory. Yeah, my theory. Is there something? What? What? Tell me the exact question again. Yeah. Why? Why is there something rather than nothing? All right. So, for example, uh, like a blank canvas, there's nothing there. And it's so intimidating. And I think I started to tell you earlier, like in, I used to take art classes and I always wanted to paint, paint on canvas. And I was given the opportunity to do so in the eighth grade. And I was so terrified of that white canvas. I thought to myself, I'll never paint that. I mean, there's no way. It was just so scary. So there's the nothing. Right. Because. When I when I pick up a canvas and it's and it's blank and I start creating, there's there's nothing and I do turn it into something. But in reality, there's always that something. It's it's in you, and it's just a matter as a creative to get it out. So I think that there's something rather than nothing. And it's an artist's job to bring it to life and to share it. And that's why whenever I meet anyone who is like slightly creative, I'm like the biggest pain in the ass because I just start telling them that they have to be creative. You have to start drawing. Just draw a little bit every day. Just do it. And part of that is also because those 20 years that I sat in that desk, I didn't create the way that I could have. And now I think, man, where would I be, you know, not just on a technical level, but on an expressive level, um, on an artistic level, on so many levels. Because all of that that I started to, to create, um, and most of my stuff, other than when I got into the phase of doing fan art, um, which I thought I kind of needed to do to broaden my audience, and I enjoyed it at the time because that's when I was learning a lot of technical things. Well, I'm always learning technical things. But during that process, I was creating things like, for example, um, a character that already exists, like a Snow White, but I'd give her my twist and make her look into my style. Where now I kind of just want to create, you know, a random image. Um, and it comes from supposedly, or, or you would think nothing, but it, but that's not true. It comes from somewhere. It comes from our soul. Um, and I don't remember the quote exactly, but man, I'd love to Google it. Um, so it's just ad-libbing it. It's that creativity does not live in us, but uh, through us. So it, it isn't ours. So it's kind of like if, if you're paying attention to life and you're really, really in, in sync with yourself, you can create art that is truly authentic and just turn it into something. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't anything there to begin with. You know, it's just kind of like you're bringing it to life that's yeah. my that's that's my deep thought for the day <laughs> that's 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 really solid lizzie seriously thank you um uh, so we're talking with uh, lizzie falcon and uh it's been great chatting with you and before I, before we um let you go I, I i was hoping you'd take a little bit of time to um let listeners know about um uh, how to interact with with you, your art, where to find it. Um, but I also know that um, there's some gallery work that 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 you do. I was wondering if uh, listeners are, are interested, how they can uh, connect uh, with you, um, you know, after this show. Well, I'm on I'm all over the Internet. Um, I pretty much when I decided to share my work I got on any platform that would allow me to create a username and a password and I just threw my dumped my artwork in there but mainly I'm on um, Instagram is where I put a lot of my uh, works in progress and I kind of let everybody know what's going on there um, and that's Lizzie underscore Falcon so pretty much Lizzie Falcon or Lizzie Falcon art will googling my name will take you to whatever platform you prefer um i'm on facebook too lizzie falcon art and for the for the young generation i'm on tiktok and i have a, a tiktok account which i absolutely love that platform because it allows you to make little 15 second mini films about the creative process um and that's my new favorite platform by the way um, but I've also got my website, lizziefalconart.com, and I've, I'm working on a project where um, I'm opening a gallery 
in my town. It's the Lotus Gallery and Art Center, and it's uh, the Lotus Gallery dot u at Lotus Gallery dot us. I should have had that information. Um, well, and, now you can Google. You can Google anything. So it'll, yeah, <laughs> Lotus Gallery. Lotus Gallery. The Lotus Gallery. Yeah. I think there's one somewhere. So mine is the Lotus Gallery and Art Center in Raven Gap, Georgia. Um, and let me, since I've got my computer up here, I'm just going to confirm the website address because it would be a waste to not do that. <laughs> and is that opening, is that opening, uh, is it opening, open now or is it opening soon? It's open? opening May 2nd is the grand opening and I'm curating shows. I grew up in Miami where um, there's certain areas like the Wynwood Art District where you, during the week, like it's just a bunch of warehouses and it just looks like, you know, some junky neighborhood or at least it used to. It's just grown into this great um, art community now. But you kind of just go to this place at, you know, the first Saturday or I think they do it like the third Saturday of every month. And they just open these warehouses and they've got music playing and couches where people are hanging out and amazing art all over the place by both well-known artists and, you know, up and coming artists. And when I moved to my area, I realized that there wasn't a big uh, voice as far as art and especially, you know, kind of like out of the box stuff. And little by little, my community has just grown and they've even accepted my artwork. And I thought, you know, it'd be great. I was given the opportunity to rent a space. And so the Lotus Gallery and Art Center is opening up. It opens up May 2nd. And I'm going to be featuring some of the best artists um, from all over the world. And because I was not encouraged as a kid to be creative and to uh, pursue art, what I'm doing is picking a local creative uh, child in the area um, and by child I mean like middle school high school age that is into art um, and hopefully has like their own style or whatever and feature them alongside with these artists who have these amazing careers and hopefully give them like this instant worldwide stage where you know if they if they got it they can show it um, and and also I'm doing a mentoring program for them so when they're chosen, they, they kind of like, they've never been in a show or anything. I, I'll mentor them whether they want to learn something technical or how to prepare for a show um, emotionally as far as putting their artwork before their community and on a, a worldwide, like, uh, internet stage. So that is really one of the biggest focuses of the Lotus and of mine. And I'm really excited about it because I'm hoping I can inspire people that are creative and that I can uh, teach some young creative youths that, you know, you can do something with your art and that they shouldn't give up on on their talent, which is what I did. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I deeply appreciate uh, that that you're sharing that and, and, and really um, uh, just. Uh, doing that, particularly at a younger age, and creating that space for uh, a young artist, and it goes back to like there's this expression. I for for work, I represent teachers for a labor union, and the role of teachers can be so important. Where I saw this quote one time, you know, my my teacher said I I was smart, so I was right. That right. those those who see adults who see kids and say that hey, you're an artist or you're a dancer, and then they are. And I think what, you, what you're doing helps, really helps with that and it's such a great service. And I can't imagine how excited uh, both, you know, the adult artists who <laughs> end up in the gallery, but also the younger artists who say, oh, well, right next to this great exhibit is my great exhibit. So um, Right, and that's yeah. I, I hope I hope that they they do enjoy the process and I'm hoping I, I hope I'm able to impact even one kid, you know, where they might have been giving up on art and especially because so many people that they know are just artists, you know, as a craft or, you know, as something that you do, you know, you sip wine and do a little art project or you color, but they don't. Um, and I don't know what all of these kids have been exposed to or not, but I'd love for them just to see that there are artists from all over the world that are 
working to working at just doing art and that's how they pay their bills and that's what they do um because I didn't see that as a kid like I didn't know you could do art as a real career I thought you had to go like to Disney and that you know somebody had to pay you for you to draw and the fact that I'm able to just create whatever I want to create because I had a certain experience and now I want to put it on canvas that for me is the greatest gift ever. So I'd love to pass that along to somebody that wants to express themselves through art as well. That that is that is great. And um, uh, I, I want to thank you, Lizzie, for for sharing the for, for sharing about you know your your experience in developing as an artist. Um, also to uh, thank you specifically for your artwork um, that that I really enjoy, which is why I reached out to you and also. You know, just just your ideas on um, a lot of these uh, questions uh, that I like to ask. Um, uh, just hearing about what you're working on and seeing what you're working on is 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 pretty darn exciting for you know for for an art enthusiast like myself. Thanks and, so um, much. Yeah, and I just wanted to thank you for spending time um, on on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope we have a, the chance to talk again soon, Lizzie. I wanted to thank you very much. Same, same here, Ken. Thanks for sharing uh, my experience with your uh, listeners and um, and also on your on your pages and so forth, and for even just taking an interest in my artwork or in me. So thank you for your time as well. Thanks again, Lizzie. I hope you have a great day. Same to you, Ken. Okay, right. bye. Bye bye. You are listening to something rather than nothing.